Ying, which is welcome in Mandarin, I believe, if I looked that up correctly. Welcome to another episode of the Daddy Unscripted Podcast. My name is Tim Wheaton. I'm the creator and host of the podcast. I'm very happy to have you all here for this episode of the podcast with Ross Newhan. Ross retired in 2004 from being a national baseball columnist for the Los Angeles Times. He started out as a uh, columnist for the Long Beach Press and Telegram papers, covering mainly the Angels and the Dodgers uh, from about the time that they started out here in California. It's pretty interesting. More on that will come in his Fork in the Road episode, which is mainly about baseball. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, This episode, though, tells a lot about his background, how he grew up here in the Southern California area with his parents to become a writer and how that kind of roundabout change and how that came to pass in his life from not really being a writer or anything like that in high school. It's pretty interesting. So uh, going through that part of his career and his youth Uh, through to his meeting his wife, Connie, getting married and having two children of his own, Sarah and David. David, who is now the assistant batting coach for the Detroit Tigers after having played a number of seasons in the major leagues with a number of different teams. So this is quite the uh, American tale of this uh, man who went on to create quite a legacy and how sports played a big part of that and the line that it drew straight through from his father all the way down through now his grandchildren. I love hearing those stories about some kind of passion or interest that basically works its way down through a family and even if it hibernates through one generation that displays itself as a character trait that is innate in their nature or something. I think that's pretty interesting. So this is my sit down with Ross after a very long time of talking about having this sit down, finally making it happen in his home and going through that history with him. So without further ado, here is Ross Newhan and myself. All right, welcome. We are here today with a very special guest on Daddy Unscripted with Ross Newhan. Welcome, Ross. Thank you, Tim. All right. And Ross, if you want to give kind of your, I I mean, my general spiel would be to say that you were and are a writer for the Dodgers and the Angel. I mean, were you basically just local baseball for the LA Times? No, it's a fairly long story. I actually started with the Long Beach paper covering the Angels from the first year uh, the American League expanded into Los Angeles. Oh, okay. That was a bit in 1961. Yeah. And I covered the Angels for Long Beach paper until 68, uh, shortly after Connie and I were married and... uh I had an offer to go to the L.A. Times, okay, uh, which I took. And over the years there, of more than 40 years, I uh, covered both the Dodgers and Angels, mm-hmm. traveled with them at different times. Uh, and then the paper in 
early 90s, uh, made me the uh, national baseball columnist. Okay. So I, I didn't travel quite as much, but I still went to big events, and I still did opinion pieces on the Dodgers and Angels. Right, so, right. Uh, retired in 2004. Oh, you retired in 04? Yes. Oh, yeah. okay. But you were, I mean, you still are doing stuff here and there. I, uh, I still do a blog on occasion, mm-hmm. um, and I still do occasional freelance pieces. You know, if a magazine calls and say, would you be interested in doing a story on so-and-so, and, or a newspaper uh, calls and says, hey, we're not standing a writer out on this trip with our team. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you be available to cover a series or a couple games? Okay. We'll give your blog address so everybody can go and find you there. What is the address for the blog? Uh, Newhan on baseball at blogspot.com. And you can find it on Facebook as well, right? Right. I usually post it on Facebook and Twitter. Yeah. Okay. It's a new world, you know. Yeah. You've got to be on on all of the different social medias. Right. Yeah. I know that very well. All right. Well, uh, I actually will use that intro, I think, on both of our episodes so we can get that um, in there. But uh, Ross is also the father of two, grandfather of five. Right. And has a son and a daughter. Son David is, how old is David now? Oh, gosh. Oh, sorry. (laughs) You stumped me with that one. <laughs> yeah. He's in his bottom. And unfortunately, they're both my daughter and son are in their 40s now. Oh, so. I, did, I didn't even realize that David had already turned 40. Yes. Huh? Yeah. How I am connected to Ross uh, is Ross is my brother's father-in-law. So that makes you like my something do i have to admit that <laughs> yes not not publicly i <laughs> okay, guess okay uh, that makes you i i think it's something once removed or yes, something right so you can just say you've been removed yeah. from me uh whenever that comes up we'll go back into your history and you can tell us about your father and your relationship with him and um where that all stems from because you're not california native correct no, I am. Oh, you are? Yes. Oh, okay. See, this is, I'm going to learn stuff today, too. <laughs> okay, so go ahead and uh, go back to what makes sense. Well, I didn't know my dad's uh, parents at all. Okay. Uh, I knew his, I would later meet his sister and uh, I would guess his cousins. I knew my mom's father but I have only small kid memories yeah, yeah. of him. Yeah. Uh, my dad was raised in Pittsburgh, but came west early uh-huh. and uh, grew up in L.A., went to high school in L.A., oh, okay. L.A. high school. And uh, he, he met my mom. My mom was a... Uh, working in her dad's restaurant in Los Angeles uh-huh. at the time they met. Huh. And my dad at that time was uh, working uh, at the studios. He worked for many years at Warner Brothers oh, really? and Samuel Goldwyn huh. and various other studios 
in various jobs. Okay. Did electrical work. He did location work, uh, driving, anything that needed to be done, he was, he could do. And what time period is that, that that's going on? Well, that's going on uh, throughout the 30s and okay. into the 40s. Okay. When the Second World War broke out, mm-hmm. uh, I was born in 37 and had just started elementary school in L.A., mm-hmm. kindergarten. My dad, because of the war, decided he'd like to contribute in some way. Mm-hmm. So he came to work. We moved to Long Beach. And he went to work in the naval shipyards in oh. Long Beach. Oh, okay. Again, doing primarily marine electrician. Right. And uh, he would work there the rest of his life. And uh, I only know him in that capacity. Uh-huh. Uh, the, uh, the studio years aren't really much of a recall. Right, right. But I know he worked hard and... He worked through a couple heart attacks. And, wow, jeez. Yeah, he was uh, never had a lot of money, uh, but they enjoyed life. He, yeah. and, he, he and my mom. Yeah. And uh, I guess my most vivid recollections of him are in two ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, he introduced me pr- primarily to sports. Mm-hmm. He had played a little football at L.A. High. Okay. Uh, and I remember going at a young age to the Coliseum hmm. uh, to see football games. And, uh, you know, we would go to uh, the minor league Wrigley Field and watch the Pacific Coast League Angels, oh, you wow. know, before there was Major League Baseball Angels, out right. here. Yeah. Uh, or to Gilmore Field in L.A., uh, to see the Hollywood stars. Right, right. And uh, he loved to go on Sundays when they played doubleheaders. Uh-huh. You know, and I, I recall sitting in the uh, upper deck in the last row at Wrigley Field. <laughs> yeah. Sitting on actually the back of the chairs, oh, you gosh. know, watching games with yeah. him. And, uh, you know, by the time it got, to the early innings of the second game, I was ready to go. Yeah. But he wasn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he just, (laughs) he really loved baseball. Yeah. And uh, talk base, he didn't talk it as much, but I I knew that he he felt an attachment to the game. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, those are special memories. I mean, driving in with him on Sundays to Wrigley and... uh, To Little Wrigley. I mean, that's... Little Wrigley, but it was a beautiful little ballpark. Was it built in the same kind of vein as Wrigley Field? Yes, the same kind of vein, a little smaller. Okay. But Ivy on the brick walls. Right, right. And same kind of overall structure. Yeah. Uh, It was at basically pretty much downtown L.A., 45th and Avalon in huh. that area. And uh, when did that get demolished? Well, it was after in the 60s, okay. later on in the 60s, because the Angels, the big league Angels, right. played there the first year in 61. Oh. With still uh, the ivy on the walls and everything? Oh, yeah. It was oh, wow. still, still the same little ballpark, wow. same little clubhouses. Wow. Uh, that's crazy. Yeah, I it was, never knew it about was, that history. It was great. I mean, to go 
to having been there as a kid watching baseball. Yeah. And to be there in 61 as a writer coming yeah. the team. Oh, I'm sure that was a thrill. <laughs> it was kind of a march of time. Yeah. yeah. And you, so you were uh, going to high school in around what period? You would have, it was early 50s yes, then? Yes, early 50s. Oh, okay. Like, I got out of uh, Long Beach Wilson in 54. Okay. Uh, and did you go straight to college from there or? Well, uh, it's interesting. Um, as uh, strong as my memories are of my parents and as much as I treasure their memories, mm -hmm. uh, we never talked much. I don't recall any major conversations about what the future held uh -huh. after high school. Uh -huh. Never talked really about college. Uh, and what had happened is that in my junior and senior years at Wilson, I took a journalism class sort of on a whim. Uh, I hadn't ever thought of myself doing writing or anything. Right. Uh, and the instructor in that class was this great bear of a man. His name was John Gartner, and he loved to slam his desk so hard. I think it awakened something. Uh -huh. And that year, uh, Hemingway's Old Man in the Sea uh -huh. had just come out and was uh -huh. condensed in Life or Look, one of those magazines. Yeah. And he read it to us, and it really struck me as, hey, writing doesn't have to be this complicated process right, right. that I had always feared. Yeah. You know, it can be done in simple, short sentences. And I think that's stayed with me. Uh -huh. And uh, during the course of those two years, Mr. Gardner came to me and said, hey, the Long Beach paper has called and they want somebody to phone in the results of our football and baseball, basketball games. Would you be interested in doing that? Mm -hmm. And I said, well, sure, you know, five bucks a week, uh, gas money, such. And uh, I said, sure. And I started to do that. And then the paper would eventually invite me to work in the office, taking games over the phone, uh, mm -hmm. which I did on Friday nights when all the high schools played mm -hmm. or Saturday. And uh, th then they said, hey, why don't you get a typewriter and go out and cover one of the high school games, which I did too. Uh -huh. And uh, that's really how it started. Now, during this period, when I had graduated from Wilson, uh, I did enroll at Cal State Long Beach, okay. the early years of that campus. Yeah. And uh, still my direction, I didn't know where I was going with that, but mm -hmm. I thought, Hey, I don't want you to enjoy history. Maybe I can teach or something like that. Yeah. But I was having so much fun doing what I was doing at the paper and mm -hmm. discovering things about myself that I didn't know was there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that uh, <laughs> my grades suffered. <laughs> yeah. You know, I like to say I was uh, a star pupil. I, and uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I went to uh, Long Beach State briefly and ineffectively. <laughs> That's okay. It's, yeah. It's better than for a very long time ineffectively. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So 
Uh, it's funny. I'm, I met a dean there, and uh, the first time, first time I was dismissed because of my grades, uh-huh. he, he said to me, you know, you've got more on the ball than this. He said, look, I'm going to let you come back, but let's get yourself straightened away. Yeah, yeah. And it didn't take. <laughs> so, well. But by then, I was getting bigger assignments to the paper, and the Long Beach paper at that time was a terrific sports section mm-hmm. and a terrific newspaper overall. Mm. I mean, uh, the, we covered everything that the L.A. papers did. Mm. I mean, at that time, when I was still in Long Beach, there were four L.A. papers. And uh, we co- we traveled with the same teams, Yeah, uh, covered all the big games, went places, they went. Uh, and it was uh, several really good writers on that st- staff. Huh. You never hear to, about that. Huh? You never hear about that. No. It, Long Beach Paper's gone so far the other way, yeah. if it even exists anymore, right? Uh, that those years tend to be forgotten. Yeah. So, so you it was were, a great training ground. Yeah. And you were with them until, when did you say? It was the 80s? When yeah, you, well, when the, uh, Angel, when the American League expanded to L.A. in 61, mm-hmm. I was next in line at the Long Beach Paper. Okay. For a major beat. And they offered, uh, said, would you be interested in doing baseball? And I said, yeah. I didn't really, at that time, I was like 22, 3, and I really didn't know how to cover a beat. Yeah. And uh, I was kind of kicked over all over the lot the first couple of years because there was some really good writers on the Angel Beat in those years. And like I said, the first year, there were still for papers in right. L.A. And we had guys like uh, Bud Ferrillo and John Hall, Raven Dyer, traveling with the Angels. And so it was uh, it was a great training ground, right. but I took some beatings yeah, yeah. On, on big stories yeah. in that time. But fortunately, the paper stuck with me, and I, I, I stuck with it. I had great fun in those years. And so when you kind of started doing, well, bring it back a tiny bit. When you started doing it with Long Beach, were you still living at home with your yeah, parents? Yeah, I, I really was primarily, yeah. And and what was your parents' take on all of this? I mean, were they... <laughs> I think they were very proud. Yeah. I think they were. Yeah. Uh, my mom kept scrapbooks uh, of virtually everything I wrote. Uh, uh-huh. uh, and they enjoyed going to the games, you know, in that period... Uh, there was some, what should I say, ethics uh-huh. kind of were in a hazy area. Right, right. Uh, not like it is today. Yeah. Or not like it became. And I was able to get them tickets to Angel Games. Yeah. And uh, they loved going to the games. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, they you're... loved going to the horse races. Uh, yeah. Uh, and uh, my relationship was still strong. Yeah. It gave me a bed to sleep in. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. but I was gone all virtually the all the time. Yeah. Were you covering like pretty much every, just all sports? about, oh, no, okay. during that time with Long Beach, I was doing primarily baseball. Oh, okay. Or okay. I, I should say strictly baseball. Okay. You know, there may have been another assignment during the off season, but it was, I was always the angel beat guy. Okay. Uh, and, and then when they moved, 
Dan- I mean, they were only up there for that one year. Well, they moved to Dodger Stadium okay. for five years. Okay. And then to Anaheim. So. In 67, they went to Anaheim. So 62 to 67, were they the, where were, were the Dodgers still in Brooklyn? Uh, no. The, no. The Dodgers had come west in 58. Okay. Played in the Coliseum until. 67. Uh, no, until 62 when they opened Dodger Stadium. So they were sharing Dodger Stadium. They were sharing. That time? I, have, uh, I don't know why I don't know any of this. Yeah, the Angels were a uh, the Angels were a poor tenant during that period. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> they have occasionally drew a twenty thousand crowd, oh, but uh, basically weren't drawing many. And O'Malley was a kind of a vicious landlord uh-huh, uh-huh. because he sentenced them. <laughs> He sentenced, uh, he put them in offices way out in the left field corner. Yeah. You know, by where the groundskeepers kept the manure. Uh, awesome. And, and other equipment. <laughs> <laughs> he charged them for, uh, landscape maintenance when the Dodgers were, on, when the Angels were on the road, both at home and on the road. Wow. He charged them for window cleaning. Yes, all this, Tim, is in my, Two books yeah. on the angel history. Yeah. So that's crazy. That you can still get on Amazon. On Amazon, right? Yes. Yeah. So you are living with your parents. Yes. You are writing for the Long Beach paper, which is called the. Uh, actually, it was a morning and afternoon. The morning was the independent, and the afternoon was the press telegram. Okay. So were you doing both? Well, what I would do on. Well, both home and away games is I would write my morning story at the ball game mm-hmm. right after the game had to be filed. Right. And uh, for the afternoon paper, I generally would rewrite like the first six to ten paragraphs uh-huh. to give it a new uh, new angle. Yeah. And uh, if I was on the road during that period, you know, we forget about with today's social media and all the computer equipment in those days i had to look for a western union operator oh gosh and in the ballparks around both leagues they actually had western union operators in the press box oh really yeah so you'd do your story on a typewriter yeah and hand the copy to the western union operator and hoped it reached the paper in the same way you wrote it right right (laughs) so when was it that you ended up taking leave of your parents' roof and getting well, out on your own. Um, actually, uh, not till Connie and I were married oh, okay. in 68. Okay. Well, I'd gotten an apartment a little before that, but uh, I knew that we were getting married, yeah. so I had to find a place. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be us. in? Yeah. Yeah, my parents' sure. house in Long Beach was like 800 square feet. Oh, gosh. So there wasn't going to be room for both of no, us. <laughs> no, I'm sure they were uh, fine with all the time that you spent away from that 800 square foot house. <laughs> yes, I think they were pleased. <laughs> yeah. So you then get married at 30, 31? About 30, 31, Okay. yeah. And how did you and Connie meet then? Well, it's a funny story as well. I had been engaged to a girl uh, in Long Beach 
who um, we there was a difference of a religion there. Mm-hmm. And while at the start of our dating and engagement, mm-hmm. we didn't feel it was going to be a major issue. And I think as time went on and as we started to think about a church wedding and such, I think we both felt it wasn't going to be right. Mm-hmm. So we broke up, and this girl's brother knew Connie. And uh, over time, he said, I've got the perfect guy for you. He's Jewish, and he's a sports writer. <laughs> and she had been going, when in school, she was always a Dodger fan. Oh, really? She'd gone to games. Yeah. Uh, she had a friend who took her to games. And uh, she even wrote a term paper on Walter Alston, who was, you know, the Dodger manager when the team came to L.A. Yeah. Um, We were introduced uh, on a blind date and eventually, uh, you know, dated for a while. And And the rest is history. The rest is history. And the funny thing is, at the wedding, uh, my former fiancé was in Connie's... uh, Maids of honors. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's awesome. (laughs) So Connie also lived in Long Beach at that time, or was she? No, she lived at home as well. Oh, really? Yeah, she lived in uh, West L.A., Santa Monica Airport. She'd gone to Venice High and UCLA. Oh, okay. And uh, was working, actually, for a PR firm in L.A., and then we met and moved into a an apartment for a time being mm-hmm. in Torrance and then got an apartment out here in Orange County. Okay. So after you married, you moved straight out to Orange County? Yeah. After I moved to the Times. Yeah. Uh, because I was told I was going to cover the Angels and we moved uh, into an apartment in Orange County. Okay. And then eventually bought a house. Yeah. Which is, was about the time the paper said, well, we'd like you to cover the Dodgers as well. <laughs> so. <laughs> so you were going back and forth. and Yeah, I was going back and forth. Yeah. yeah. And there were a few years in the early years of the Times where the sports writer thought, it, uh, sports editor thought it would be a good idea if we switched teams in the middle of the year. In other words, maybe I'd go to spring training with the Angels, cover the Angels up to the All-Star break, mm-hmm. and then switch to the Dodgers the next year, start with the Dodgers, and then huh. switch to the Angels. Some of the big city papers, Chicago or New York, uh, were doing some of that as well. I guess the concept was that you'd stay more objective that way. You wouldn't get to too close to right. one team or another. But the effect was just the opposite because you'd lose. By the time you went back to a team, it it would be a year later, yeah. and you'd lose relationships right. and contacts. And yeah. we dumped the idea, you know, three or two or three years after it started. Yeah. So, oh, that was, so there was somebody that you were basically switching places with yes, halfway through the season? Right. And walking in, I'm Ross, I'm going to be taking over now. (laughs) That's right. You know, in those early, uh, the the years in the 70s, early 70s, with the Angels in particular, that was a revolving door roster. So every time you went back to the Angels, was introducing yourself all over again. So it it was a bad idea. Yeah. And fortunately, they got rid of it. So you are married, living in Orange County. 
And not too long after that, if I'm going to do quick math, you guys had your daughter. Right. We had Sarah. Yeah. And then Sarah is how much older than David? She's uh, three years. Okay. So this is fairly shortly after you have basically taken the the reins with the times mm-hmm. um, that you now are having these two kids added to your world as well. Right. And um, how did that end up working out with all of the stuff that you were having to do? Well, it was difficult. And uh, if you were to do a history of baseball writing in this country, mm-hmm. uh, it's, you'd find that it has played havoc with marriages. Mm-hmm. Uh, fortunately, as I was mentioning, Connie was a big baseball fan. Right. That helped. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, if she wasn't, I don't see how any marriage yeah. can survive. She she enjoyed the game. She enjoyed people she met through mm-hmm. the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was a lot more of that in the early years of our marriage. Yeah. I mean... She enjoyed meeting other wives, and in some cases, they became fairly good friends. Yeah, both writers' wives and player wives. Mm-hmm. And in uh, where we lived in the early years in Orange County, um, there were quite a few players lived in the vicinity. Mm. So there was an opportunity to bump into people or to call. She had the opportunity to call people. Can you? What about lunch today? Yeah, yeah. That kind of thing. Uh, there was a lot more of it that in those years. Mm-hmm. So that helped get a, helped us both get started. Right, right. And then the kids came along, and, uh, yeah, she had her hands full, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I have often say, and it's true to this day, uh, you know, she was basically the CEO Mm-hmm. Uh, she, of the household. she kept, yeah, she kept books. Uh, she kept, the, did all the bills. Yeah. Uh, she did the cooking. Yeah. Uh, you know, she took the kids to their games and yeah. social activities and got them started in school and otherwise. And she was working part time too at that time. Oh, geez. Uh, and, and, uh, I was away. I'd come home, you know, show right. up. Here's dad. I tried. I loved them both. Tried to be involved. Yeah. Uh, but you know, with a mind, well, it's time to go to the ball ballpark. Yeah. It's time to go to the airport. You know. So, um, I missed a lot of their school years. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of their events. Mm-hmm. Uh, after a while, and over time, uh, you know, I realized. I started to realize. Hey, you know. Got to find a little more time mm-hmm. when I'm home, mm-hmm. you know, and I tried to make time for school activities and yeah. show up when I hadn't been showing up. Uh, but, you know, to this day, uh, there's I still have some regret for those early years, yeah. at least the early years. Later on, especially after I became the national columnist at the Times, mm-hmm. Uh, when I wasn't traveling every time the club went on the road, yeah, uh, it was a little easier, you know. But uh, David was quite a ways along in the little league before I saw any of his games. Mm-hmm. 
uh, with any frequency. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, uh, my parents, uh, it's a great delight to me that they took such delight in the kids, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, for and sure. And I, I, it's interesting, Tim, I, if I can regress a bit. Please. Uh, later on, I didn't, maybe it didn't hit me at the time, but later on, you know, I, I've always asked myself, well, if I have any ability as a writer, where did that come from? Mm-hmm. You know, and I, in in cleaning up their house after my mom, first as, after my mom passed away, mm-hmm. and then, per, pardon me, first after my dad passed away, then I, my mom, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I began to f- find things and read things. I, f- I found a, a bunch of... Uh, Newspapers, uh, company newspapers from the Warner Brothers years, mm-hmm. where he had various stories and poems. Oh, really? In those papers, huh. and it was very interesting and eye-opening. And then I realized, well, you know, he he was oh, if instead of birthday cards, he'd love to write a poem about the kids or about some event, and he put it in po- poetry form, form, you know, more Robert Service, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> than uh, Walt Whitman. But, yeah. Uh, nevertheless. <laughs> poetic. Yeah, poetic. <laughs> and my mom was a, a fierce letter writer. Uh, she wrote letters at length about anything. I mean, she saw if she saw a TV program she liked, uh, or heard a radio program, she'd write for the script, you know. Oh, could really? You, could you send me the script of that show? Uh, you know, now you can get them online. Right. But, but not not then. And so I think I think there was some uh, inherent, perhaps, ability yeah. that I inherited. That you didn't even know about until... That I didn't know about. And then Sarah became a teacher. I don't know. I mean, did, did she pick up writing from you? I know she's been a teacher. And so I have an assumption that there's some of that in there within the teaching world for her, or is, is it not? Was it no writing stuff for her? She's always been a good writer. Yeah. Yeah. And she puts the word words together very well. Mm-hmm. It's either spoken or on paper. Yeah. Uh, she's always, been very gregarious, yes, uh, outgoing, um, and articulate. Uh, you know, and I, I don't know. Maybe it was all the years in the press box and yeah. letting myself talk through my work. I was more of an introvert. I mm-hmm. think it's pretty safe to say. Um, and there again is a big difference with my dad. My dad, uh, and I mentioned that my memories of him are strongest in two ways. Mm-hmm. And the second of those ways is that as Connie and I settled into our marriage and living in Anaheim in a neighborhood where everybody had basically moved in at the same time and great friends, mm-hmm. and we'd have a lot of parties, uh, and they'd always say, make sure your parents are there. Uh-huh. My dad was a <laughs> he I don't know where the jokes came from, yeah, but he could sit and reel them off huh. and uh <laughs> loved to have a drink or two, yeah, and um so they were always as frequently divided 
invited to parties as we were. Yeah, in your neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, we made sure that we hosted our own, so we'd be there. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Didn't see our see my mom and dad driving up the street to somebody <laughs> walking else's out of somebody party. else's house. <laughs> yeah. Why weren't we invited? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, and so, then you are doing all of this work, and Connie is doing all of her work as well, um, being the CEO and. Mm-hmm. Um, handling everything and you are so you are then making inroads towards um, being the national columnist and when you are kind of able to step back a little bit at that time are you doing some of the work from from home as well at that stage yes. or oh, okay yeah okay uh, so that's good especially the period after we started to branch into other vehicles for getting your story to the paper, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with telecopiers where you do the work still on the typewriter, but put the paper into a kind of a Xerox machine uh-huh. that you'd hook the phone up to and uh, you could, uh, paper would <laughs> uh, kind of prefax. Pin, yeah. Prefax would spin around. Yeah. And, Get to the paper somehow <laughs> beyond my fifteen minutes a page or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know? and uh, and then into the early stages of uh, computers, so it became a little easier. Yeah, to I'm work sure. at, to work at home, and you could always uh, the Times had a dictation staff, mm-hmm. so if need be, you could read your story into a tape machine and then it'd be transcribed in the office. Yeah, yeah. So how how much if any because it's because of the time that the season is going on um is there any traveling that your family is doing with you as well during that time to any of the road trips or are they basically staying back here during the summer and you're still Well, I think the best uh in looking back, the best parts of it were uh, spring training, uh, especially with the Angels, because mm-hmm. they spent six weeks in Palm Springs. Yeah. And Connie could come down on the weekends, and the kids could come down uh, during spring break. And, uh, you know, that's when I first sense David's probably first sense his uh, affection for. For the game, and yeah, he had some doors opened. Uh, not saying I opened them, but through my work, mm-hmm. uh, where he uh, they let him be kind of a clubhouse guy, where mm-hmm. he could sweep out the clubhouse and um, occasionally bat boy and uh, and uh, Jimmy Reese, if you might recall mm-hmm. the name, mm-hmm. uh, was a coach with the team, and he'd take the young kids out on the infield after practice and hit them ground balls huh. and uh, you know he was there with Aaron Boone yeah, who was yeah. just a kid at the time and Doug DeSensei's boy Tim uh, huh. so it was uh, it was a lot cool. of fun yeah. seeing those kids and certainly the way Aaron grew up to be a big major league player oh and, yeah and David as well so. yeah so they or um, they are able to go out to spring training with you. Didn't really do any road trips during the summer or anything like that, not, though. S- not so much. No. Connie went up to San Francisco a couple times, yeah. a few times. Yeah. 
the Dodgers uh, had their own plane uh, for many years in the 70s mm-hmm. and into the 80s. And uh, she was fortunate. We were both fortunate. Uh, they took the wives to the winter meetings a couple times oh, in, cool. in Hawaii. That's nice. Uh, it was very nice. Yeah. yeah. So there were uh, some opportunities uh, that she could travel. But yeah. San Diego during the Dodger years, yeah. San Francisco. And- so David, we'll go into your your son now, who played in high school, I assume, played yeah. baseball in high school and uh, to great success. Uh, David was a starter at uh, second base at Esperanza High in Anaheim. Okay. Uh, for a, an, in a very good program. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 90-some kids tried out the year he was a freshman. Wow. Yeah. The Esperanza program had won, at that time, had won a couple CIF, mm-hmm. Southern California Championship. And Coach Mike Curran was well-known mm-hmm. and respected. And, uh, yeah, he was a second-base starter uh, on a team his senior year. That was ranked number one in the country. Oh, really? And the problem is in such a program on such a team, you know, the kids that might have been a star in another program kind of get overlooked. Right. And David fell somewhat into that category and wasn't drafted or wasn't, didn't receive any offers Mm -hmm. coming out of Esperanza. And he felt that. You know, I'm still at a point where I'm uh, maturing physically, mm-hmm. still getting stronger. And uh, so he went to uh, Cypress Community College mm-hmm. with Scott, uh, Scott Pickler over the years, a tremendous program. Uh, and he began to uh, accomplish what he thought he was accomplished, grew somewhat bigger, yeah. physically certainly stronger, and had a tremendous year at Cyprus, uh, you know, and was starting to see college coaches watching and hearing little things. And the summer after his first year at Cyprus, he was playing in a Connie Mack tournament in Vegas. Mm -hmm. And a Georgia Tech coach approached him and say, we've been looking for a left-handed hitter to hit in the middle of our lineup. And we heard about you and we think you could be that guy and Georgia Tech at the time had Nomar Garcia Parra out of Southern California, uh, Jason Veritek, uh, three or four very well known players. Yeah, and um, we made I made it. David wanted me to make a scouting, a recruiting trip with him when mm-hmm. he was invited to make a recruiting trip, and we we came back and um, I don't know. I think he sort of talked himself into accepting Uh and going on the basis that uh, he had been promised by the coach that he would be the second baseman with Garcia Parra at shortstop, so he knew there would be a lot of scouts watching. Mm -hmm. It was a great chance in a major program. But there were various factors that happened. Uh, He got there, and they had a second baseman. Mm -hmm. The coach had lied basically right and he ended up playing first base that year huh. and it's tough 
to take a Cali kid across the country. Change his position. (laughs) Yeah, not get the position he was promised. Yeah. And so David, after the first year, and he had a good year mm-hmm. playing first base, you know, it was five foot ten inch first baseman. Yeah. Uh, he had a very good year offensively, particularly. And uh, he just asked for his release mm-hmm. from that scholarship. And fortunately, uh, earlier that year, Georgia Tech had played in a tournament in Florida where. David was the MVP mm-hmm. of the tournament, and uh, Pepperdine had also been in that tournament. And Pepperdine had an opening and mm. recalled David. And fortunately, David was able to switch to Pepperdine you uh. know, with a scholarship. Yeah, and, get into second base there. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, he still played. <laughs> Some outfield, oh, but yeah. some secondly, more than he played the year before. Right, so. right. And so he spent three years at Pepperdine, or no, two, two. Okay, because he spent his sophomore year at uh, Georgia, at Georgia Tech. Tech. Okay, yeah. So he spent two years there, and then did he go into? Yeah, Oakland drafted him after the second year. Okay, uh, and he, you know, signed yeah. with the A's. Yeah, basically. And was in their minor league system. Was in their for, minor league system and actually got traded to the San Diego while still in their while still a minor league, mm-hmm. and eventually, and then made his major league debut with the Padres. Hmm. Was he in that trade? Was it was he part of a major league trade or was it just a minor league? Uh, trade? The A's got a uh, actually a pitcher who had. Pitched at times in the big leagues. Oh, okay. And Dave Stewart, who had been a, uh, gone on with the A's to become an executive in their system. Right. Uh, had moved to the the Padres. Oh, and I okay. Think saw something Had something David. to do with it. Okay. Yeah, that's something. Huh, that's interesting. Yeah. So then David made his de- debut in, do you know what year that was? Uh, it's okay if you don't. Yeah. <laughs> That was a long. That was a, yeah. quite a while ago. So he made his debut with the Padres, but it wasn't very long lived. Is that right? Well, there were periods of certainly of up and down. Yeah, and ultimately went to Philadelphia. His starting debut with the Padres, you know, is a fond memory. Oh, for that, sure. Had three hits off Tim Hudson. Oh, geez. Who went on to become quite a pitcher. Uh, yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, we, I can still remember sitting with Connie and Qualcomm and they hit his first home run. Oh, gosh. Those kind of special things. Yeah. Yeah. Was that, was that early on after his call up? And not long. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So you guys ended up going to being able to go to a, a bunch of games during that yeah, first season. Right. I made sure we were. <laughs> right. Yeah. And you, so you were still writing at that point. Yeah, I that's, was still writing. Okay. Yeah. That's before your retirement. So right. you're going to those games as much as possible while still, did they yeah. ever have you write anything on, on no, David? No, in fact, the, uh, initially I went to the sports editor, Bill Dwyer, and said, you know, there are stories here. I'm not going to be able to do quite mm-hmm. in the same way. I mean, I can't write 
hard stuff about <laughs> umpires anymore. Yeah, yeah. Uh, certain things I can't write a, really about the teams David's with. Yeah. Uh, and I said, you know, if you think this is a real impediment, you know, I'd be happy to come off the beat and do other things. Right. Uh, but he said, no, let's see how it plays out. Yeah, yeah. And uh, just go ahead and do your job unless you feel there's conflict. Conflict. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that was sort of a began a, a string of unfortunate. We look back on David's, or at least I do, on David's career as a player and feel great about it. Uh, here's a kid not drafted or offered a college scholarship out of high school. <laughs> And ultimately played parts of eight seasons in the big league. Yeah. He believed in himself when other people didn't. Right. And he, he turned himself into quite a player and yeah. quite an athlete. So those are all positive, very yeah. positive accomplishments. Yeah. You know, and he, the flip side is that he, uh, he injured his shoulder badly with the Phillies. Right. Uh, at a time he was in the big leagues, and it seemed like they were working towards him becoming a full-scale, a full-fledged utility-type mm-hmm. guy that could play several positions. Yeah. Uh, later on, he he broke a leg stealing a base with the with Orioles. The Orioles, yeah. Uh, it just... There were Things accidents, kept happening. yeah, yeah, unfortunate developments along the way, yeah, uh, that marred what might have been, you know, a very memorable career. Yeah. And I hate to even put it in those terms because it was a memorable career right. for us, yeah, for you sure, know, for a lot of people who wouldn't have believed it, yeah, you know, uh, a year ago was set to manage the A's Cal League team in Stockton. Mm. And uh, was offered the, uh, got a call from Detroit, uh, Brad Osmus, the manager there, offered the assistant hitting coach job with the, my, with the major league team. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was a great opportunity uh, to return to the big leagues. Right. Know, and, uh, and to work with Wally, Wally Joyner. Wally Joyner, yeah. who was the hitting coach. Yeah. Know. So the... I mean, the the big picture line from your dad's passion for baseball, interest for baseball, forking off to, <laughs> I mean, going straight through you, but also forking off through Connie, through your wife, and then kind of going back through David and and your daughter as well. Sarah loves the sport and... She um, loves sports and she and has, sports in general, yes. Yeah, and she has th- three kids now. Are all involved in mm-hmm. multi sports? Yeah, I was never much of an athlete myself. Yeah, uh, I mean, I was went through elementary school and the school systems before there was little league. Mm-hmm. So all I ever did was on a sandlot or playground. Right, and right. David to this day. You know, when he gives public speeches or talks to the journalists, mm-hmm. you say, look at the genes I've had to overcome, you know, <laughs> nice. pointing at mom and dad. <laughs> it's one of the things that I think I, I've talked about with a couple of dads with different things, but sports has been one of those that we've talked about. The 
connection that can be built through that and the relationship that it that it builds between not only father and son but you know clearly your kind of entire family was definitely even though ooh if i really want to get if i want to get poetic with this ross even though it may have at times been keeping you apart from your family because of the work that you were doing with it the bond overall that it created back then and through to this day where you know sarah and her family go to spring training every year for the angels and i think you guys have gone with them as well and all of that that the sport of baseball how much it has permeated all of your relationships going up to your father and you and going down to your kids and now grandkids is is remarkable i I think that's true and I was mentioning earlier, and you'd asked about whether I'd ever written about David. Mm -hmm. And eventually, when he came back from two shoulder surgeries with the Phillies and found an opportunity to play in the Texas Rangers minor league system. Mm. And then in June of that year, he had his agent had arranged for what they call an out a 24-hour out in his contract hmm. in which he had time. If he found a major league job in that time, the Rangers had to give him a re- his release hmm. to accept it. And he was having a very strong year in their tri- at their AAA level. Mm-hmm. And uh, it came up to June 15th in this 24-hour window. And his agent at the time, Scott Boris, said, huh. hey, this 24-hour period seldom works out to anything. Yeah. But the Orioles had had a couple injuries and had seen David's minor league work, and uh, they gave him a a major league position. Mm -hmm. And David's first game with the Orioles was in Colorado, and I was sitting in the press box in L.A. I had the computer on, mm-hmm. and he wasn't in the starting lineup. But I saw he got a uh, opportunity to pinch hit, and you know how those short lines read on the computer. And I see ball in play. Yeah, yeah. You know, so you're waiting to see see what happens. Yeah, and then it says home run. <laughs> And I'm sitting in the Dodger Stadium press box. Yeah. And I laugh at this, yay! (laughs) (laughs) And everybody spun their heads. (laughs) Well, what happened was it was close to Father's Day, and everybody, all my colleagues in writing field, uh, convinced me, this time you have to write something. Yeah. So I wrote a Father's Day piece that probably got more play than anything I've ever written. Yeah. And uh, probably more people still. Go back and read that. Go back and read it. Yeah, it's been on the internet a couple times. Yeah. Facebook. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Well, um, I think we've traveled through your past and present as a father, as a grandfather, as a son, (laughs) et cetera. And we'll we'll try to baseball up another episode that I won't keep stopping us (laughs) from topics, but uh, I will say thank you for sitting down 
and uh, opening up about all of that with us. Well, thank you for your interest, Tim. I appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. I'm glad this finally happened. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'll give you a little um, exit for you, but I hope that you enjoyed this episode and in it'll either be next week or the week after that you'll be able to hear the rest of Ross's genius on baseball in another episode. All right. Thanks for listening and uh, tuning in for this episode of the daddy unscripted podcast with myself and Ross Newhan. Thanks again to Ross and his wife for letting me come into their home for a little bit on that evening and spending a little bit of time sitting with them and basically keeping their little dog in a frantic (laughs) frenzy of not being able to hang out with us. So uh, thank you again, Ross and Connie. And a big thank you as well um, for music for this episode from Umphreys McGee. I'm really excited about the new partnership that's taken place there. So thank you, Umphreys McGee. You can check them out at UmphreysMcGee.com, as well as their new album coming out in November called Zonky. Make sure you check that out. And stay tuned. The Fork in the Road episode with Ross and myself, which talks about baseball, talks a lot about his time with the Angels and the Dodgers and those organizations. We even talk about the Angels of present and the state that they find themselves in and also talking about some of the players with those teams and some of Ross's experiences. Of course, I should say that you can find Daddy Unscripted online at Facebook under Daddy Unscripted as well as Twitter by the same name. You can find the podcasts at Stitcher Radio, at Google Play, Also on iTunes, I would love for you guys to leave a review, subscribe, download the episodes. Let me know what you think of what you are hearing so far. I know we're, you know, getting near that 20 episode mark or right around that place right now. So I'd love to hear what you guys think as we move on in this podcast. And if you have anybody in mind for being a guest on the show, whether it's even yourself, uh, your husband, your dad. Uh, whoever that person may be, send me a line at daddyunscripted at gmail.com with that person and maybe some way to get a contact of them and maybe a little bit of their story. I definitely love to hear your thoughts on who I should have on as guests. And you can even tell me some of those bigger people. Who knows? I may still, and I'm going to throw out the names again. I may get Matt Damon on here. Anybody know Matt Damon? Let's get him on the show. Bruce Willis, some of these dads, Jeff Bridges, I'd love to get some of these big actors on and hear the story of how they parent while being an actor and how that works out for them and the best uh, stories that they have for us. Wouldn't you guys like to hear that too? I think you would. So send me a line, daddyunscripted at gmail.com. Keep all of those comments coming in. I love hearing back from you guys. So thanks for all the feedback you have been giving me so far. And keep your eye out for the next episode with Ross that will be telling that story about his life in baseball. So stay tuned. Next week should be the release of that Fork in the Road episode with Ross Newhan, which I know a lot of you will really enjoy. So keep an eye out for that. Thanks, you guys.